Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, February 5th, 2024. Ray McGovern joins us now. Always a pleasure, uh, my dear friend. Ray, does the? Uh, I want to talk to you about what's going on uh, in the Middle East, the United States uh, attacking a few dozen sites in Iraq, the country we supposedly liberated from Adam, Saddam Hussein because he supposedly had weapons of mass destruction supposedly, supposedly. The only thing that's not supposed about this is that people died and we wasted $2 trillion. We can talk about that another time. Does the U.S. intentionally put troops into harm's way as sitting ducks, knowing they're going to be attacked as a pretense for war? Well, those troops in Syria and Iraq are both under dubious circumstances uh, Syria being completely illegal, they're not invited. Iraq, well, being bludgeoned into accepting them. Uh, those are in harm's way. They're known to be in harm's way. Uh, the New York Times two weeks ago said, now if one American serviceman gets killed, that'll change the, the equation and Biden will have to react. Well, they were left there. Three. Now, well, are these fallen soldiers... No, they're not fallen soldiers. They're pushed. They're pushed down and killed, okay? They all happen to be African-American, and they'll be defended by our African-American representative at the United Nations. I just have to say that this is a cynical use of, of this kind of uh, approach, okay? So they were left there. Everyone knew what would happen to them, and indeed, not one but three were killed. So, yeah, of course, they were left there. Uh, Biden put didn't put them in there to begin with, but they've been there for a decade and uh, or more, and uh, everyone knew what would happen if they got killed. And then, Lord be, they they got killed. I wonder if any uh, Americans have been killed in Ukraine, and uh, we don't know about it. Uh, I what? wonder if any Americans have been killed in Israel slash Gaza. And we don't know about it. We know that there are American military advising uh, the IDF. They're probably in Tel Aviv, but who knows? Um, we know that there are some NATO uh, advising uh, General Zaluzhny and President Zelensky. We don't know if any of them are Americans. Is it conceivable that Americans could have been killed in Ukraine, Americans in uniform, and we don't know about it? 
it's entirely conceivable. I would just amend the in-uniform business. They're probably out of uniform or have some sort of fake Ukrainian uniform on. It's well known that Russian intelligence is good enough to identify these hotels or these restaurants where these uh, volunteers or these these foreign uh, fighters or foreign guiders uh, dine and live. So we know that a whole bunch of French uh, advisors were killed just two weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's clear that uh, Americans must have been killed. It's just hushed up. They don't get transfer cases and ceremonies at Dover Air Force Base. Transfer cases. You know, we used to call them coffins. My God. Sorry. God, is, that the, is that the government's terminology for a coffin? A yep. transfer case? Yeah, they're transferred. And uh, Joe Biden uh, frowns and seems very, very sad. Joe yeah. uh, kind of books him up there. But my God, how, I mean, talk about cynicism or what's hypocrisy. He could call, he could get on the phone and that thing would end in a day because the Israelis can't keep doing this stuff. And if they don't keep doing this stuff, there will be no reaction from people who feel very strongly about the Palestinians like the Houthis. And it would be over. There'll be no more transfer cases, not Americans, not Palestinians that have to clean up the mess, but it'll be over. Back to Ukraine. What's your take on what's uh, happening there as we speak? Is is uh, when President Zelensky says, I'm going to fire General Zeluzhny and then doesn't fire him. And he says it again and then doesn't fire him. And then General Zeluzhny writes a, uh, a feisty op-ed that CNN uh, publishes, an op-ed that may makes sense militarily i don't know um is this the sign of the end, of the of the very end our friend alistair crook says the the war is over and all but name that uh, that the ukrainians have no fighting uh human beings left or or such a small number as to be insignificant it's easy, Judge, to agree with alistair who knows a hell of a lot more about the situation than i do uh, when I see the events of last week, Zelensky to Zelensky, you're fired. Zelensky to Zelensky, you're delusional. No, you're delusional, Zelensky. I mean, it's. I wish it were funny, okay? Enter Eminence Grise, Victoria Nuland, Wednesday. All right, little boy, sit down. I'm going to tell you what to do. Zelensky, you're the president still. Zeluzhny, you have to obey what the president does. Now, he wants to fire you, okay? You got that? Gets on the plane and goes home. What happens? Oh, as as of this morning, <laughs> Zeluzhny is still commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Ukraine. So not even Victoria Nolan could clean this mess up. It's, it's really delusional to think that the Ukrainian government, such as it is, can, can persist in these circumstances, the more so since the path is pretty clear for Russian forces to advance now, how quickly and whether they'll do that is another question, but they're ready to do it if need be. I wonder if she made any threats or promises. I wonder what her goal was. Was it just to make peace between the president and the general? It doesn't, doesn't appear she did that, although the general still has his job. 
You know, Judge, the way I see it is there's division within Washington about who's the best bet here. Ah. And and Nuland has always been Zelensky's uh, patron. Zelensky has always been her protege, okay? Now, my view is, and who knows for sure, but she went to say, look, Zelensky's still our guy. And you, if you expect to get any more money from, from Congress, we got to keep it. we got to have a semblance of stability here. So, Zelensky, mind your place. <laughs> now, in the past, Zelensky would have minded his place. But this time, no. So not even Newland could make her will be carried out. Now, today, Zelensky may resign or be, be fired. But as this thing percolates day after day, it's very... It's very delusional and illusory, and <laughs> but uh, Zelensky and Zeluzhny, it's all uh, illusory and delusional. <laughs> You're Sorry such about a that. linguist. You can have such fun with uh, their names <laughs> and the phonics that come out of your mouth as you slip from well, just, you know, just to a, delusional. How about delusional? <laughs> just a little aside here, you know, uh, Nikolai Gogol, the Russian writer, did a wonderful play called Revisor, uh, the Inspector General, okay? And they had Dobchinsky and Bobchinsky, Bobchinsky and Dobchinsky, just like Zeluzhny and, and Zelensky, okay? Now, Danny Kay, you'll remember Danny Kay, my right. favorite comedian, he did a, a, a movie on this. It's called The Inspector General. It's a hoot. For those of you who have access to this kind of thing, look up Danny Kaye and The Inspector General. You have Dobchinsky and Bobchinsky and Zelensky and Zelensky, and you'll have the whole schmear, and you'll be able to laugh for a change. Do these neocons ever laugh? Do they understand? Do they ever laugh at themselves? Do they understand the catastrophic uh, consequences of their bloodthirsty behavior i mean stated differently will they admit that you that the war in ukraine was a disaster that we shouldn't have fought or, or don't they reason the way we do they have a lot of personal stake in this uh, judge uh, i think uh, my bet would be that they will continue the war they'll use the european money they'll seize russian assets and that they'll try to keep this thing going up to and including the election in november whether they'll succeed in that is really, really, really dubious. The more so since the Russians can move toward the Dnieper River anytime they so choose now. They've they've conquered Adivka, which was the main stumbling block on the way to the Dnieper. How close do you think uh, our involvement in Ukraine brings us to World War Three? Now, here's here's a scenario uh, which occurred to me in some of my reading over the weekend. When that Russian plane carrying about 65 or 66 uh, Ukraine POWs from Russia to Ukraine was shot down, it was shot down over Russia. It, we now know that it was shot down over Russia using uh, U.S. Patriot equipment. This is the first time that American military equipment has been used to, to down a Russian plane in Russian airspace. I am sure the Kremlin took note of this. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over 
which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Well, that's right, and Putin himself has identified that missile as a Patriot missile. Now, um, Putin and the people advising him are amazingly resilient and circumspect. Uh, this was a provocation, pure and simple. It blackens the Ukrainians much more than the Russians. It gives them more reason to move forward. But, you know, as long as the attrition, the attrit, the attrit, the attrit continues, and uh, Shoigu, the defense minister, has indicated that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to have some offensive attrition, but you know they 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 don't have to do anything big to justify a casuspelli to to justify NATO intervening in a bigger way. They could just sit there and say, "Look, are you prepared to deal now, or you want to wait a couple months when we're several kilometers more to the west?" We're going to need a cordon sanitaire. We're going to need a, a, de, a demilitarized zone, okay? And that's going to be to the west of us, okay? You want us to keep going now, or are you ready to settle? Now, there's no indication that Blinken and Sullivan and, East, and Newland are sensible enough to say, oh, we'll settle. Rather, in answer to your question, Judge, nuclear weapons? Oh, my God. They've used everything else. Depleted uranium. Uh, these uh, these scattered scattered munitions for the 155 howitzers and tanks. What's to prevent these guys who have personal stake in not losing in Ukraine, not losing uh, the election, and not losing their freedom if that other guy comes in and prosecutes them? Okay, what's to prevent them from saying, "Hey, Joe, I mean, Mr. President, up in that top cabinet there, we have where the lock is. With the we got the combination to that. Those are the mini nukes." Now, we're going to show Russia that we mean business. Uh, these things are real small. They're just like one-tenth the, the power of uh, Hiroshima. Uh, let's, let's use one of those, and that will take us to the election. And we'll show the American people and the Congress that we mean business. And you'll win, Joe, and you won't go to jail. Do I rule that out? I don't. Does the hair stand on the back of my neck when I say that? Yes, it yeah. does. But I've been around a long time, and I think we're closer to that now than ever before. Why uh, would, or what is to be gained by the British Prime Minister uh, proposing over the weekend that NATO send an expeditionary force to Ukraine? And what what is an expeditionary force? It's gotta be a euphemism for troops in, in uniform there to kill. Yeah, Judge, it's delusional. I mean, here the adjective is apt. Uh, not only I, but Scott Ritter and Larry Johnson and Colonel McGregor, they all, they all recognize that NATO is a hollow shell. 
And the epitome of the hollow shell are the British Armed Forces. Now, they're participating in this very large NATO exercise that's going on now, and they're going to put their one of their two aircraft carriers in there. Oh, but some, somebody shafted somebody shafted the shaft, okay? They have to repair the shaft. That's going to take several months. The other one's in dry deck. So, you know, it, it's laughable that Richie Sunak, or whatever his name is, will be saying, oh, yeah, we're so strong. We're going to, we're going to turn this thing around by committing troops. Now, the worrying thing is you have the President of the United States saying three weeks ago, look, this could come to American troops fighting Russian troops in Ukraine. Now, what's the, what's the pretext for that if Russia hits a NATO country? Okay, now, Russia, in my view, has no intention of hitting a NATO country. Could there be a false flag by some hothead in the Baltics or in Poland and, and, and made to be a Russian attack on the NATO country? Of course there could be. So Biden, again, is, is in a box, you know. Uh, when I played basketball, we had a box, a box in one. We had box four, four players around the high scorer. The other one would be free. Uh, that's what Biden has found himself boxed in in Ukraine and Gaza. And actually, the Chinese have boxed them in as well. So on three fronts. Sunak has also suggested a no-fly zone uh, over Kiev uh, enforced by NATO and British uh, jets. Uh, I, I'm wondering if, um, you know, his, his approval ratings are very low and he's confronting a probable uh, real, a difficult re-election campaign very soon. I say probably. I don't think he has to run for re-election until 26, but it'll probably be before that. Do Western countries seek validation by fighting wars? Well, let's put it a different way. Uh, they can't be seeing. They can't be seen to be tucking tail and running. Okay. Now, that leads them to do very delusional things. A, a, a air safety thing over Kiev? I mean, what would that mean? You know what? The, the real sorrow here, Judge, is that there's nobody in the British press or media that would ask Sunak, uh, what do you mean by what, you, what you're proposing for over Kiev? I mean, what are you going to do with that? And, and what will you do... Uh, when when fire erupts and when somebody shoots at you, you know, this would be war. It's the same thing over Libya, you know. We know what happened there. Uh, these things are never learned from, from history, and Sunak is just one of these politicians that's put up there by the banks and by the, the uh, military-industrial complex. Uh, you know, he doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what he means by this kind of uh, air-free zone. When um, the American government decides to target places in Iraq, the country that doesn't want us there, the country we supposedly liberated from Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein supposedly had uh, weapons of mass destruction, uh, do they just uh, learn about these targets from satellites in the sky or do they have human intel on the ground saying, well, there's a terrorist uh, across the street and there's the head of the 
militia uh, around the corner. So if your bomb can go off a little bit, you'll kill two birds with one stone. They how, have both. How does it work? They have both, Judge. And it's mostly uh, military intelligence, CENTCOM, which is the, the uh, authority here. Um, they have call on the, the most sophisticated satellite photography. And of course, a lot of Iraqi officials have been suborned over the years. They tell them things as well. The sorrowful thing is that with respect to satellite photography, when it comes down onto the ground, who assesses it? Who evaluates it? The Pentagon, not the CIA as it used to be back in the day. That capability was ceded to the Pentagon in 1996. And so you get people finding things as James Clapper, head of imagery analysis before the Iraq war, as he admitted in his book, oh, we had such pressure from Dick Cheney that, quote, we found things that weren't really there, end quote, period. So they find things that aren't really there if their commanders want to find things. And so, as Larry Johnson would say, that this shed looks like it could be harboring some terrorists, and so we're going to hit this shed and this shed over here, and we'll hit 95 of them. And if we kill people, well, the director of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said over the weekend, when we do these things, we are mindful that there will be civilian casualties. We know that. We take that into account. Oh, wow. I mean, you would think that the, he would say, or at least profess to think, that we should do everything we can to make sure these are real terrorists or the real yeah. around back, whatever they are. You yeah. know, he so said, we bragged about, you know, we take into account that these are, uh, these the civilians will be killed. The uh, Iraqi government, which of course wants us out of there, says that 25 civilians have been killed. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Joe Biden and company uh, couldn't care less. How dangerous? You can take us back to one of your historical examples in the LBJ, awful LBJ years. How dangerous is this tit for tat? Oh, they killed three of ours. We're going to kill 25 of theirs. And they killed another 10 of ours. And we're going to kill 300 of theirs. Well, Judge, it helps to have this color hair because you've been around a while, okay? Now, this is a really historic <laughs> week. <laughs> you're a no, pet, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, your hair is going to get like mine, Judge. No, oh, my hair is like way, yours, man. but somebody takes care of it once every two or three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> could I have that number, please? I could use it. <laughs> She's very good okay. at what she does. Well, listen, um, you know, I was involved back in the early 60s. I was watching Vietnam from a Soviet foreign policy point of view. People would ask me, how do the Soviets look at this? And I would say, well, the Soviets don't have any influence in North Vietnam. Why? Well, because they sold them down the river at Geneva in 1954. Even if we know that, the Russians will give rhetorical support. But back to the point here. On February 7th, so almost exactly, what, 60 years ago, right. February 7th, 1965, our, our base in Pleiku in the, in the Central Highlands was, was attacked because the perimeter defense was left to the South Vietnamese, okay? 
Seven U.S. Uh, soldiers were killed, about 100 wounded, okay? So what happened? LBJ consulted within 12 hours, fighter bombers off, off, off to, to do damage and, and retaliate. Oh, we'll show those Vietnamese. The Viet Cong, three days later, uh, struck again on a seaside resort, which was then a Viet Cong uh, strong point, and killed maybe, I forget, they, they killed lots of U.S. soldiers. And so that's what we did. That's how we taught the lesson to the Viet. Now, you know how this went down tit for tat. That was 60 years ago. 40 years ago, Ronald Reagan, in contrast, was asked to bomb the hell out of the Middle East and get involved in the Lebanese and all those wars, okay? And 241 U.S. soldiers, Marines, were killed in the barracks in Beirut. That was in October to, uh, 1983. He paused. He thought for several months. And then finally he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. This will get us involved with, with no end plan. And, and look, and on February 7th, uh, 1984, he said, look, um, we're pulling out of there. Get those Marines the hell out of there. We'll put them on nearby, nearby aircraft carriers. But then, of course, three weeks later, they were taken home. So what's the point? What's the point here? That was exactly 40 years ago. Ronald Reagan did not rise to the bait from the neocons or the people like them and get involved in an endless war with no end in sight, okay, with no real motive. Uh, LBJ did. Now, LBJ, you know how that came out, right? Right. Well, there has to be a certain amount of modesty and a certain amount of, of courage to face down people like Lindsey Graham, which, ah, you're tucking tail, you're getting out of there. And Reagan says, yeah, we're getting out there. We're redeploying. We're redeploying onto these ships. And then they came home. So... What we need is a measure of that kind of sang-froid, that kind of courage, and that kind of good sense to avoid getting involved in these things. Uh, the situation now, of course, is, is a good example of how much that is needed. Chris put up the uh, uh, quote from the Wall Street Journal. I think it's on one of our uh, one of our clips. I think it's a full screen. It basically says, if you're too stupid to get out of the way, uh, it's your fault. And Lindsey Graham pretty much mouthed uh, the same thing. Do do we tell these people when we're going to strike their empty sheds and storage warehouses? No, but we know where the equities are. And we know that China, China depends on Iran for all manner of oil. We know that Russia has signed a new treaty, a strategic cooperation treaty which includes lots of economic benefits, but also strategic help. So uh, those are the equities here. And Sullivan had at least a measure of good sense in trotting off to, to Thailand to meet with his opposite number, Wang Yi, the Chinese foreign minister. And what he said, this is 11 days ago. Okay? What he said was, look, we can't talk to the Iranians, but you can. And you have you have influence on the Iranians. Would you please tell them to stop? And Wang Yi, <laughs> I won't tell you what Wang Yi said because my Chinese is not very good. But I think it had expletives deleted. Here's uh, what the Wall Street Journal says: 
Uh, militia leaders can't say they weren't warned, and if any of them are still around the target areas, they are the world's dumbest terrorists. <laughs> so I guess if you warn people, even people that didn't harm your troops, uh, that you're going to destroy their assets and they don't get out of the way, they're stupid, they deserve to die, and you can destroy whatever you want. That's the Wall Street Journal uh, argument. Well, here's the direct quote from the director of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Quote, targets were chosen with an idea there would likely be casualties associated with people inside those facilities. There would likely be casualties associated with people, I mean, so we recognize we would be killing people inside those facilities, and those targets were chosen with full awareness that we would do that. What are you going to do about it? We're the United States of America. We'll end on that, my dear friend. Thank you for your analysis. Uh, always appreciated by the audience, the regular viewers, and by me. And we'll look forward to seeing you with Larry on Friday for our uh, intelligence uh, roundup. You're welcome, Judge. Thank you, Ray. All the best. Mm -hmm. uh, Larry Johnson uh, coming up later this morning and this afternoon. We'll uh, post the time as soon as we get it very shortly. Colonel Douglas McGregor, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.